What's going on? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson as the Pelicans wrap up the unofficial first half of the season tomorrow night inside the Smoothie King Center against the Dallas Mavericks. Tough one last night against the Grizzlies falling 121 to 109. We have a great guest to end the first half of the season. We'll take a little bit of a break after this, but we wanted to uh, we're joined by Christina Watkins, who, of course, is a WDSU news anchor and a huge Pelicans fan. You can follow her on Twitter <laughs> at CWDSU. I, I saw on her Twitter that she was at the game the other night. I was like, this is perfect. We got to get her on as a guest because I know she pays attention to the Pelicans. Christina, how are you? Good to have you on the show. I am wonderful, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. This this really does mean a lot. As you mentioned, I am a huge Pels fan. Every day at work, I'm talking about the Pels with Fletcher or one of our other producers, Brandon, and I'm like, guys, we got to, did you see the Pels last night? Oh my gosh, you know? So, you know, it's an honor to be on here with you as you guys wrap up the midway point of your season. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to your fandom in a little bit. I want to talk about your journey here to New Orleans because you actually started in sports first off at Florida International and then kind of got into news in Charlotte and then here in New Orleans. So I guess how'd you go from sports to the news desk? You know, I, I've always been a huge sports fan, born and raised in Orlando. Um, my daddy played, you know, football growing up, and, and I have a lot of men in my family who are big in the outdoors, big in the sports world. So sports was always a big thing for us, but it was always college sports. Um, but I knew that this was something I was passionate about. You said I you know, went to college at FIU, and being in Miami, that was the prime time for me to really hone in on sports. That was when the big three was there, you know, LeBron, Wade and Bosch. And I was interning at the local CBS station and got the chance to really be hands-on and involved with those guys. And through our athletics department at FIU, um, the legendary Hall of Famer, Isaiah Thomas, was mm-hmm. the head coach of the FIU men's yeah. basketball team. People probably forget about that. I do but remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That was a thing at one point. Um, so I was able to, you know, have a lot of good interviews with him. And um, after I graduated from college, it was really hard being honest. It was really hard finding a job in sports. And so I was just applying to jobs specifically in sports. And then I decided to switch to news to expand a little bit more to get that opportunity. And it came about. I was in uh, Missouri for about a year and a half, my first job. That was the first job. And then I went to Charlotte for three years, got to cover the Super Bowl while I was there. So that was very cool. Um, and then I've been here for the last four years. And New Orleans has been unlike any other place in the world. And I know no other city will ever compare to it. It's just been fantastic especially on the sports front as we all know (laughs) absolutely getting covering nfl and nba team and beyond um did you grow up then since you're around orlando were you a magic fan were you a, a miami heat fan i guess where did your nba fandom take place so we we were magic fans um you know the magic in the 90s Right. Yeah, Penny Jack, you know, <laughs> kind of hard not to be a Magic fan, but we watched all professional sports. Like, I did not have a favorite NFL team growing up. Now it's the Saints through and through forever. Yes. Um, <laughs> but growing up, we didn't have favorite NFL teams or, or NBA teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. We supported the Magic, of course, but it was college. College sports are big in Florida all around. Um, so it's been able, it's been nice to move to major cities where I've lived in and embrace the teams but there's something about 
this city. You know, I've lived in Charlotte. I had the Hornets and I had the Panthers. I lived in Missouri where I had the Chiefs for the NFL, but no team really sucked me in to want to be a fan. And this city did that on both the NFL and the NBA side. And it's just, it's been great. It really has been. So how does someone from Florida International become a Gators fan? Because I noticed on your Twitter account too, <laughs> it's all love for the Gators. So how did that come about, especially here in LSU territory? So my family went to Florida. My oldest sister went to Florida. My cousin went to Florida. I have a lot of Florida Gators in my family. I will humbly admit I did not get into the university at the time. And I was this close to transferring after my first semester at FIU. I said, I'm going to go to UF because that was it. That was all I wanted to do. Um, but something said, you know what, Christina, stay in Miami. And it ended up being better for my experience as a student journalist because I had access to the big stars when I was in college. And my internships allowed me to really be in the mix versus going to Gainesville, where I still would have had fantastic experience because their J school is top notch. It's remarkable. Mm -hmm. um, but it just worked out better for me to be in Miami at the time. So I said, you know what? I'm a Gator fan through and through. FIU's football program was fine, but <laughs> I can cheer from Florida all day. All day. No. <laughs> I hear you. Actually, it was the same way. I had a family that went to University of Florida, so I grew up a Florida fan. I went to Georgia Southern. It was the same thing. I'm going to transfer yeah. after one year to Florida, but then I got into their college radio station, and it kind of stuck there. So really the same boat as you, just it that thing worked out for the both of us, right? <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> yeah. So you talked about, you know, how much you were around sports, the Miami Heat, Charlotte, the all-star game. Has there been a favorite interview, whether it's an NBA player or an athlete that you've had over the past that you just look back and like, man, that was such a cool experience for you. So in between the downtime, me looking for a job, um, I was doing any and everything I could to keep my tape updated to just, you know, be able to tell people, yeah, this is what I'm working on now. Um, my sister found a contest for me in the late fall of 2012, right after I graduated. And it was for All-Star Weekend in Houston, 2013. It was a national contest to be their All-Star reporter. And I won. So they flew my sister and I, uh, they flew my sister and me out to Houston, all expenses paid. And I got to cover everything all-star related behind the scenes interviews with the legends uh Clyde Drexler Robert Ory um got to interview Dwight Howard Blake Griffin Kyrie Irving um I mean the list goes on and on Damian Lillard Tyson Chandler mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think there are so 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 many and it was just the experience I needed at that time, that extra boost I needed, because I was really feeling discouraged. I got to be honest with you. It's, it's not easy getting into this field. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling really discouraged, but to be able to win that and get those opportunities to interview people who I've admired and to be amongst so many great people, it was like, wow. And I want to say maybe three or four months after that, I finally landed my first gig in news, but off of my sports tape. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the sports helped me, I think, transition easier into news. At the end of the day, it's all journalism, but the sports side of it helped me carry on the conversationalism into news. And I, you know, I think that was all a part of the journey. So I'm grateful for it. Absolutely. Let's talk about the Pelicans a little bit here. Yeah. I kind of want to know <laughs> behind the scenes when you're watching at your house, rooting on or at the game, what, what is it like watching a game for, for you? What's your experience like? Is it a lot of yelling at the TV? Are you calm during the game? Are you stressed? Ooh. 
How, how does Christina take in a Pelicans game? You know, it depends. So I, I got to be honest, my, my boyfriend was the one who really made Pell's games almost like a date night for us, especially during the pandemic and everything like that. So he would always say, you got to watch the Pels, you got to watch Pels, and he's born and raised in New Orleans. So being a sports fan, I'm like, all right, yeah, great. When they were doing their strongest and doing really, really well when I first got here, making their playoff runs, and we were rooting for a sweep and everything, um, it really kind of brought me in even more to start watching them consistently. Now, every game, whether we're there or we're at home, we are glued to the couch. We are sitting on the edges of our seats. Depending on what happens, my boyfriend mm-hmm. may get mad and say, I'm done, I'm turning the channel. And I'm like, no, 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 keep it, keep it. Something's going to happen, something's going to happen. And nine times, nine times out of 10, something exciting does happen, like Devontae Graham making a 60-foot jumper. Exactly. Um, so it's been, it, it's up and down. You know, I think part of me still has that, I have to be quiet when I'm watching sports in me because that's how I was trained to watch sports for so long. You know, when you're at the games covering it, you can't really show much reaction unless you're a color commentator. But as an intern, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to ruin anything. So I kind of still have that mentality when I watch the Pels, I'm watching, I'm studying, I'm looking at different things, but then I break out of that and I get super excited to see how much they've grown, uh, the camaraderie amongst those guys in the locker room. And really just the fact that no matter what, they fight and they put forth so much effort. So that gets me excited. We'll yell, we'll scream, we'll give each other high fives throughout each and every game. But it's, you know, it's just fun. It just really is fun. It always gives us something to do. Absolutely. How, how many games do you try to get to? I know I saw you on Monday, as far as on Twitter, you were there against the Toronto Raptors. You picked a, picked a good one to go to as far as that <laughs> huge win. Um, yeah. So how, how many do you try to get to go to each season? I know it's tough with your schedule too. Yeah, it just depends. We'll look at tickets and we'll be like, you want to go tonight? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Um, So it really is just at random. But we've been going to games really since we started dating. Um, The first game I went to was the Pels against the Spurs. Zion made a big comeback. That was in the beginning of 2020. And I believe at that point he put up maybe like 13 or 18 points and like 13 minutes and he went off that was so his first been, game yeah yeah so we got to go to that game um and we've just been rolling ever since that was my first Pels game and I can't wait for more we may go tomorrow we thought about it <laughs> you should it's a big one for the Pelicans against yes. the Dallas Mavericks um new head coach Willie Green seems like he's kind of everyone seems to be really all in on what he's been able to do when you've been following the reports with Fletcher and his reports and, and just watching the team in general and a team that started off one in 12 now in the thick of a play in race. What does it say about head coach Willie Green and kind of, you know, having a former Hornets player be your head coach? I think that that means something to this city and these fans. I think it does too. And, and I think it speaks volumes to coach Green and his desires to not only lead, but build a strong franchise strong locker room we know how important that is when we watch the saints right we know the saints are big for their locker room camaraderie and the friendship and the brotherhood that they have amongst each other i think coach green is bringing that with the pels and you saw that when you had uh josh hart 
sitting courtside the day he just got traded. You know right. what I mean? He was there with his wife and all the guys went over, gave him a hug, gave uh, the players a hug who ended up being part of that trade. And it just shows that they truly care about each other. I mean, them buying tickets for Jose Alvarado and his family to watch them play in New York. I mean, you don't get that with every NBA team. And Coach Green is bringing a level of, I think, passion and just desire to win and build something strong. And, and it's, it's, you see that it resonates on the court with those guys. And, and, and I know it's difficult sometimes because they're still trying to figure out their rotations and see what works on offense and what doesn't. But at the end of the day, the foundation they're building is solid. And when you have a solid foundation, everything else is going to come with it. So it, it's been great to see. How fired up were you when you heard about the CJ McCollum trade? I mean, the guy has been playing so well in just the four games yeah. he's been here. I mean, what did you think about that when they made the move? Oh, we were so hyped. We were so hyped. We were like, but it was even more so the fact that he wants to be here. Yep. You know, for a guy like CJ McCollum to be the president of the NBA Players Association, a dude who puts up 36 points in his debut for the Pels. I mean, come on. He is the shooter that they need. Yeah, he's only 30, but he's still considered a veteran compared to, you know, the guys on our squad. And he's what they need. He's that leader in the locker room. He's that voice and he's going to be a great mentor for them. And I can't stress enough that he wants to be here. Like CJ has said it. And if, it, and if it's not true, then he needs to be an actor because I'm convinced. But, <laughs> you know, I genuinely think he means it when he says that. And that's what they need. They need somebody who wants to be here to build and to grow and to not just hop, skip, jump to other franchises that already are established. He wants to build something here, and that's important. Absolutely. Before I let you go, I have one request for you, and I know we don't have to worry about it right now. You tell Fletcher to lay off the trade machine. It is dangerous. <laughs> it needs to go away for him. Can you? I'm sure you've seen all the tweets, too. Yeah. He's probably in the newsroom, too, showing everyone, look at these trades I just made. We, we got to lean him off lean him off a little bit, Christine. I'm, I'm putting that on you. Is that even You can't possible? stop a mackle. You can't stop a mackle <laughs> from talking. You can't stop a mackle from anything. I don't even try. I don't even try. When you're on the mackle train, you just, all right. Until <laughs> <laughs> so you pull the thing down and it just stops. But, you know, Fletch, Fletch is so passionate. He and Sharif love the sports teams here. And I know that they love the fact that the Pels are growing, um, trying to get more fans involved, trying to get more of our viewers to support and to watch these games. Because when you fill that arena, that gives these guys a lot of passion. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You don't want to play in an empty arena. It's hard. You're cheering for yourselves and, you know, go support them. They're great. They do a lot in the community and, you know, we should love on them just as much as they love this city and want to be here. Yeah, and you do all a great job rooting on the Pelicans and showing your support. And that's why we had you on today's podcast. This is Christina Watkins, news anchor for WDSU. You can follow her on Twitter at CWDSU. Christina, I really enjoyed it. We'll have to do this again. And I hope yes. to see you tomorrow inside the Smoothie Kings. I know you're thinking yes. about it. If you are, are, let me know. I know. I think I think we're we're likely going to get tickets. We were going to get some um, last night for the game against the Grizzlies, but I think tomorrow will probably be in the Smoothie King Center. It's Mardi Gras <laughs> night. You can get a T-shirt. First five thousand fans. So come celebrate Ooh. Mardi Gras. Sold. All right, Sold. there we go. That's Christina Hawkins, news anchor, <laughs> WDS News. Christina, thanks for the time as always. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great meeting, Christina Watkins. Really our first interaction. Of course, she's been in the city for four years, does a great job with WDSU. Huge Pelicans fan and it showed 
throughout that entire podcast. So glad to finally have her. And look, she's going to try to get to the game tomorrow. Make sure you do too. Pelicans and Mavericks inside the Smoothie King Center. And I say the unofficial first half of the season because after tomorrow night's game, the Pelicans will have just 23 games left in the regular season. A win can put them up close to the 10th spot. They're just a game behind the Blazers. The Blazers play tonight actually against those Memphis Grizzlies. If they lose tonight, Pelicans win on Thursday. They'll be tied for 10th heading into the All-Star break. Exactly what you need with 23 games to go. As I mentioned with Christina, the first 5,000 fans in attendance will get a Mardi Gras Pelicans t-shirt courtesy of Prime Block. We want tickets, 504-525-HOOP, or visit pelicans.com. We're going to take a little break here on the Pelicans podcast. We're going to enjoy the All-Star break, just like I hope you all, as you all enjoy your Mardi Gras season. The Pelicans will be back in action next Friday night in Phoenix, Arizona against the number one team in the NBA in the Phoenix Suns. It's a two-game Mardi Gras road trip, and they'll wrap it up against those Los Angeles Lakers. So we'll be back with you next Friday for a podcast, getting you ready for Pelicans and Suns, and we'll recap what went down during the All-Star break. Of course, keep an eye on Herbert Jones, who will be in the Rising Stars game, and C.J. McCollum will be in the three-point contest. The way he's been shooting, chances are really good for McCollum to take home the crown in Cleveland. So Pelicans will be well-represented in Cleveland for the All-Star break. And as always, I really appreciate you joining me on the show. You can download the show on iTunes or wherever you may be listening on pelicans.com or the Pelicans mobile app. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you. Until next week, hope everyone has a great and safe Mardi Gras season. I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.